Broadcasting while quarantined in Southern California. This is Campus Podcast. I'm your host, East Daryl. This is episode 52, an interview with Eddie Vermont. Welcome, everybody, to the Campus Podcast, a podcast designed to encourage and equip you in the work of evangelism. I'm your host, Keith Daryl, and welcome to this episode. Um, I am, like most of you, quarantined. Uh, I am in Southern California, and it's pretty interesting it's, uh, driving around even LA today. It's a bit of a ghost town, and yeah, a lot of stores are shut down. People are working from home, and so it's pretty boring here in Southern California, and so I'm kind of bored. I'm just kind of stuck in an apartment, uh, which is not my space, which is always maybe ma- makes it a little bit more uncomfortable when you're in other people's space while you're being quarantined. But nonetheless, uh, I'm glad I have a place to stay. I'm going to go on a little bit of a vacation tomorrow for one week, get out of here, uh, get by myself and kind of prepare some plans for the rest of the semester. And so when I come back, depending on what is going on with the schools and everything else, I'll probably devote myself a little bit more to try to establish more of an online presence, update my website and do a few other things. So that's the game plan uh, after next week. Uh, Also, before we get into uh, this podcast today, what I want to talk about is the Fight, Laugh, Feast conference, which is coming up October 1st through the 3rd in Nashville, Tennessee. So if, you know, obviously the whole country has a lot going on, but if you're able to uh, schedule something like that. I think it will be a great time. I don't know what the lineup is. I'm not sure if we all know what the lineup is, uh, but we do know it's going to take place October 1st through the 3rd in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. So if you can uh, be there. And so uh, here is my interview with Eddie uh, Roman, or Roman is what it actually is, but I call him Eddie Roman because it looks like Roman, and his podcast is called Roman's Road, so it all fits. And I met up with him at G3 a few months ago, and I had a good time talking to him, and he's been on campus with me before. He actually works uh, with Ray Comfort, if you want to learn a little bit more about him, you can go to eddyroman.com and learn more a little bit about him. So that's uh, what we're going to listen to today. I hope you enjoy it. I am here in the middle of a big room with a bunch of people walking around. I'm at a Christian conference, and who do I see but the man who has the same color pants as me, and that's Keith Darrell. And that alone is reason to have him on this podcast. Now, Keith is someone I... Well, let me give you the backstory. I heard... I heard legendary rumblings and and talk, chatter behind the scenes from street preachers about Keith um, over the years. A good friend of mine, Tony Miano, once I I saw a little Facebook post he did, and he he basically said, I saw one of the best guys open air preaching on a campus I've ever seen. And that got me interested because I thought I was the best (laughs) campus open air preacher. (laughs) No, um, that just got got me interested. And so I started following him on Facebook, had a chance to, first of all, I noticed for a really good preacher, theologian kind of guy, all this guy ever does is post stuff about sports and what games lost and the coffee he's drinking. It's just kind of funny, but I actually had the chance to go down to San Diego State University and just hang out and, 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 and watch, watch Keith do some campus preaching and man it was it was very different from from (laughs) it was very different from the you know going through the good person test standing on the box and and you know the 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 way the way that i learned but man it was it was awesome and so i i you know since followed keith on facebook and one of the things about him one, one of the reasons you probably never heard his name before 
at least some of you here, is because he doesn't have a big, huge website, you know, like a Joel Olstein. <laughs> I would like he to get there. <laughs> some, someday. He doesn't have a huge website. He doesn't even if on Facebook. If you're following him on Facebook, you're just going to see like what sports teams lost. <laughs> anyway, so he's he's not someone who is widely publicized, and um, I and I th- I really think the reason part of the reason for that is he's just day to day working in working in the fields, just out there evangelizing, and and that's just what he's doing. Um, and so anyway, I wanted to have him on the podcast and just learn a little bit more about his campus preaching hopefully the sound of this room won't overtake us here but he's a uh, he's a loud guy when he needs to be so uh keith thanks so much for coming on the yep. romans road podcast thank you very much for having me on i'm glad to be on and yes i i, I often post about sports i'm a cleveland browns fan and it's just misery <laughs> uh ever since i was five years old we had a in uh, Cleveland folklore, there's a play called Red Right 88 where we lost a playoff game and so I, that's kind of described my <laughs> my sporting career is nice. red right 88 so awesome so so, Keith, this is your life according to me. So what I see is you are out there pretty much every weekday um, going to a different campus. You drive all around America, and one day you'll be, you know, University of Texas. The next day you'll be <laughs> somewhere else. And, you know, you're just constantly going to these campuses, and it seems to me like you go back to the same one. So, like, it's almost like you're on some kind of a circuit, maybe mm-hmm. not the same date every year. But you're basically visiting these same schools over and over again throughout the year. And it seems like you're getting to know the students there. They remember you from the year before. So, you know, just basically give us an overview of what it is you do. And, you know, just so so for for those of us who don't even think about the concept of someone being a missionary within America, going to the campuses that are right in our own cities, Give us a little a little uh, overview on what it is you do. All right. Well, you described it as different on the introduction. So, so usually, usually when when you serve somebody food and you're like, "Well, it's different." It's, it's that's not usually that's a huge well, drop let, off let, let me, from Tony Miano is one of the best I've ever heard. Let me, too, let me, it's different. Well, let, let, let me let me just give you one aspect of what's different. So, so when I go out and open air preach, and most of the guys I go out and open air preach, we'll go out for like you know an hour and a half, two hours. That day at San Diego State University, you were there for like eight hours or something <laughs> like that. I'm like looking at my watch. You know, what, what is he gonna like, wrap up? This dude does not stop, and and it was and it was great the whole time. You were interacting with students. So anyway, it's a good different, not a bad. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. Good. Um, so yeah, I was a little backdrop. I was converted in '93, went off to college, saw a guy open air preaching, and you know the typical kind of Pelagian, heavy hellfire brimstone sort of preaching sort of stuff. And I went back to my dorm and I really knew nothing of the Bible, philosophy of ministry. And I just was reading through the Gospels and the book of Acts. And I felt like these men are publicly preaching. So the it's not an anomaly that we're out publicly preaching. So you, you see that in the Bible. Yeah, you see it in the Bible and the prophets. And then I was involved with a uh, campus ministry where we were reading about revivals and we'd read about Whitfield and Wesley. And so nowadays I'm under an organization called the Whitfield Fellowship. And even tying into your idea of uh, Whitfield would often preach, then return, preach, then return. Hmm. So you kind of preach, sow some seed, come back and see what happens. So I do kind of have a circuit because half of honestly what I do love, I do love the students. So it's not just like, oh, I just want to go out there and preach the gospel and I don't care about the people. Like I, I genuinely like one of my favorite things is 
and kind of the sad things of it, you, you kind of have a relationship with people. You know what I mean? Like I'm there for several days in a row and they'll listen to me for four or five hours sometimes. And then you come back and they feel like they know you, they like you. And they kind of, I'm often like a, maybe like a safety net because they can confess all sorts of crazy sins to me that oh, yeah. they're engaged in. And, um, and I'm kind of safe in that regard. So that's, uh, so yeah, so usually Monday, at least through Monday through Thursday, somewhere when school's open from noon, I usually kick off maybe 11 or noon and I'll go until no one wants to listen. The latest I've ever gone, I think it's about 9.30, so nine, nine and a half hours of preaching. PM. Yeah, 9 p.m. And so, so, so yeah. r- real quick, you just said Monday through Thursday. So one of the things I've seen, if I go to like, onto a college campus on a Friday, it's usually kind of dead. Is that the reason? Yeah, yeah. yeah I've kind of noticed over the years, like it's almost like they don't have Friday classes anymore. You so know what weird. I mean? Yeah, it's, it's, it's gotten pretty pretty strange. And so, but every now and then, you know, I don't, I don't want to mess up your uh, theology here, but every if I feel like the Lord's hand is heavy on me to go preach on Fridays, I'll go and preach Hold on, on Fridays. Hold if on, you, if you mess up my theology, you get one of these. <laughs> That's the, you yeah. messed up my theology. So, so the, the, the rest of this interview will be one giant. <laughs> so, uh, so I, um, yeah. So, so yeah, Fridays are just kind of dead and I will still go out every now and then. Um, I'll, if Thursday goes well and I'm talking to students, I'm like, what's classes like here tomorrow? And if they tell me nobody's here, I probably won't come back. And, and because of all my traveling, I often use Fridays to travel and then I'll have a little downtime Saturday, Sunday. I'm usually with somebody over the weekends, like I'm staying with a pastor or something like that. So just doing kind of whatever on Saturday, Sunday. Now, one of the things I've, I've noticed, because I've been spying on you from mm-hmm. your, your Facebook posts. One of the things I noticed is that you don't just go an open air preach and then like, you know, clap your hands together and walk off. You actually sit down with the students afterwards and you have a, you can have a pretty long question and answer time. Yeah. And that's actually, honestly, that's my favorite part when I get to break out my chair and you have 15, 20 people who are genuinely interested. He carries a folding chair with him. <laughs> yeah, a little camping, a little camping chair and I'll finish up. Then I'll sit in the chair and the people who are genuinely interested and I can still sit there, um, you know, Honestly, like six thirty, seven o'clock at night, uh, sometimes eight. Uh, but usually, it's, it's not uncommon to go to six, seven o'clock at night. Especially, so like the actual preaching is usually from say noon to four thirty-five, around five o'clock. It usually tapers off, and then you have your twenty people who are genuinely interested, and that that conversation can last anywhere from an hour to two hours. And that's actually my favorite part because you're getting much more. Yeah, you've I, I usually view it as panting for gold, like you and you're I'm just in there. My first five hours is shifting the nice. little the little thing, and the next thing you know, you got these little pieces of gold that want to interact with you, and they're humble and sincere. When so. I was uh, watching you at San Diego State, I, I saw a whole lot of mud and debris <laughs> at, the, at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, but yeah, as as the day went on, you know, it, it, it got pretty rough. And I, one of the amazing things is that so so the way the way that Keith does his open air preaching that another different category. Another different category. <laughs> Here it goes. <laughs> that means different. Um, another way that Keith preaches that is very different than what I had seen before is he doesn't have any kind of box, which is I was trained. You got to stand on a box because then you're, you know, it's, it's kind of commanding attention, which, which, you know, there's a lot of truth to that. But what Keith does is he basically stands in the middle of a courtyard or wherever the students are walking around and he just kind of starts doing the slow walk in a circle <laughs> and he's like preaching and he's looking at people and he's walking and it's, it's almost like he's circling the drain, you know, <laughs> and then eventually some people are going to stop, stop and talk to him. And man, that day within about an hour, there were maybe 50 students around within about two hours, there was probably a hundred. And by the end of the day, there, there were just like masses <laughs> of humanity just looking at this guy and it, it really becomes just an all-day thing where I really think 
people are going in and out of class and they're saying to each other, you see that guy over there talking? Like he's there and he's probably still going to be there when you get out. You should go see him. And as the day, like by the end of the day, th- there were so many people who had, who had stood around either for five minutes or three hours or whatever. And, and it's just like, it just becomes this huge event of the day mm-hmm. of what's going on on campus. And it, it was just amazing to watch. Yeah. And that's part of the thing I enjoy about it is, is like, it is a little bit of like an event. And like, I know part of it is people just want to come out and mock and jeer, but as they come out, like, that's the thing that's uh, amazing to me is even so kind of tied in when I'm interacting with somebody who it might look like a back and forth between me and somebody in kind of a rough way. Much of that is actually for the peripheral people. Like you, yeah. you can kind of pick up pretty quick who's genuine, who's not genuine in the way they're asking questions and stuff like that. And so as you're asking, answering it, you're actually I'm trying to look at the bio language of everybody else out there. Of like, OK, who is this actually really for? Because this person clearly doesn't want to learn anything. Who's picking up a rock and is <laughs> about to throw it at <laughs> Yeah, me. yeah. Uh, be it verbal or whatnot or literal uh, sometimes the and, and so that's what I'm seeking to do. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad to talk to somebody who's actually been out with me on a camp. Sometimes it's still like a little abstraction, you know what I mean? But you've got to see it happen. And, it, and I usually try to describe it as a movie, you know what I mean? Because you kind of have this arc that goes and gets a little rough and rocky. Then it kind of usually tapers oh, off and stuff great. like that. And, uh, and I think if you stay for the movie, you'll really like it. If you just you know take a few snapshots, you're kind of like, what in the world is this guy doing? It has a good ending, folks. <laughs> yeah, it, it, does, really it always does. has a good ending. So one of, one of the other aspects of it that a lot of people really don't see. Okay, so you th- think about it. You're walking by, you see this guy preaching the Bible and you immediately think, oh no, this isn't going to go well. <laughs> um, you know, because our society. And it may not go well. <laughs> Let's not paint a ready Okay, okay. Sometimes this movie needs a part two. It has a bad ending at the end. So you're, you're seeing this guy and there's students around and, you know, they're, they're wearing shirts with like drawings of Satan on them or, or whatever. And it, it could be a very uh, crowd full of opposition. So that's kind of what you might see on the outside. But if you stick around for a while, like I did, what you what you see is so Keith is preaching. There's this, there's this you know sometimes opposition coming towards him. But what you're not seeing is on the side. Um, I'm standing there, and there's these three students, and they walk up to me. I have a I had a camera at the time. I was I was filming them, and so they walk up to me and they say, "Hey, are you with them? Are you with him?" And that's always a hard question. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. it's like you're thinking friend or foe. Like how do I? Are you are you with him? And I say, "Yeah, I'm with him." And and he says, "Well." Um, we've been sitting here and we heard him talking and my friend's a Catholic, I'm a Hindu, this guy's an atheist, and we're all talking about this. Um, what do you think about this? And, and so I get, end up getting into a conversation. I end up explaining the gospel to him. But the point is, when you're there on campus, it stirs up all kinds of spiritual conversation going on. And I think it gives Christian students a chance to get into conversations, even if it's not that same day, mm-hmm. maybe three days later they can still use that. Did you see that nut yeah, who uh-huh. was on campus? Like, what did you think of that? I think a lot of a, a lot of the ministry happens with the students among Christians after you're gone. Amen. And that's, a, that's honestly, it's 90% of what I'm hoping for. I'm there. Mm. It's, it's kind of like a war. You go and you drop some bombs and you have foot soldiers come in. And, bombs. And, big, and, big bombs, and big folks. Bomb, <laughs> big bombs. And, and that's kind of like it's a little bit of warfare. Like I go in, I'm, I'm stirring it up to get those conversations going. And I know that after I leave, people are going back to their dorm. They say, hey, did you see the crazy guy in front of the library? And they're having discussions over the things we talked about. And it was uh, it hasn't happened as much recently, but like from about 2011 to 2014, 15, you'd have these guys who are like after two or three years of listening to me, they're like, hey, I'm graduating this year. I just want to let you know one of my favorite times when you'd come to campus. Oh, man, that's awesome. And, uh, and he's like, and part of what I loved about it is we would go back to the dorm and things we can't talk about any other time of the year 
because you made the conversation wow. this and uh yeah that was always one, so of my, cool. one of my favorite things and uh, i won't i won't repeat the exact word but i had a professor come up to me one time and he says uh i love when you're here you say a lot of beep that i can't say so so <laughs> nice. so, so it's it's a uh, it does it kind of creates an open form and, and even christians who might be afraid to talk about repentance. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's kind of just tell somebody to invite Jesus to your right. heart. Um, suddenly, you know, the guy was talking about repentance. He may have been like, and I don't spend too much time talking about hell unless people bring it up. But even that conversation, hell, you get to discuss hell and things I think oftentimes people are afraid of. And back in November, I was preaching up in uh, Washington. And, I, and uh, I remember the kid sitting and listening to me talk about listening by language. I thought the guy was a believer. And he came up to me and just said, look, I... I had never heard the gospel before. You're here four times. I just sit there and listen for several hours. And a guy who was in my dorm, who was a Christian, came up to me and said, hey, I saw you listen to that guy. What do you think? He's like, I think I believe it. What do I do? Wow. And, the, and the guy's like, join us. And so it's a pretty good little church there. And so he's joined them. And so this guy who, had, in his words, had never heard the gospel before is now following Jesus. But he would just sit there. I remember him sitting there and just listening. And he'd be there for several hours. And I was like, I thought he was a believer just because his countenance was right. all in. So, yeah, and being able to be, participate, that's even like one of my favorite things is participating in when Paul says everywhere we go, we spread the realm of Christ, somewhere the realm of life to others where the realm of death. And like, you can see that taking place on people's faces. You can see people get hardened to my message and you can see people getting softened to the message. Yeah. And it's a glorious, it's a scary thing. Cause it's one of those things where you're like, wow, I'm bringing eternal judgments to people. Mm -hmm. And it says it's a terrifying thing, but it's also like an exciting thing when people are passing from death to life. So that's part one of my interview with Eddie Roman at the G3 conference. And next week, we will pick up part two, and maybe I'll have some evangelistic excursions down in my vacation spot, and uh, maybe I'll be able to talk about those if something comes up. Uh, but other than that, may the Lord bless you. Keep you. If you have any questions, comments, demands, rebukes, exhortations regarding anything I said in that, uh, feel free to reach out to me, Keith, at CampusPreacher.com, uh, Campus Evangel on the Twitter, and Campus Preacher on Instagram. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. God bless you. precious seed in his hand, hoping and hope that he might see it grow. Knowing that the harvest might well come before the bloom, he runs on his way there.